to another episode of Ho in the Know. I'm Selena the Stripper, aka your favorite succubus, Selena. My co-host is Cheese and Crumpets Clover. <laughs> uh, today we're joined by ex-cats, Teddy and Malice. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. How's it going, everybody? It's really been a harrowing experience uh, yeah. to people who are out there listening to this in the future, whenever this comes out. Uh, in we've the present, been, this is a live recording. This hello. Is, hello. <laughs> well, it's going to be the future when they listen, and right now is now. Anyway, whatever <laughs> time. I was making a bad joke. Time is a construct. Um, so yeah, we have been trying to figure out this audio situation for almost two hours, and um, Malice and Teddy have been so patient and I cannot appreciate it more. Clover has also been so patient. Um, love everybody so much. Uh, we have baby Dahmer here, um, a little puppy yeah. to keep us, uh, it's our emotional support. Puppy. We need the emotional support today. <laughs> yes, especially today. So, um, anyway, let's get into it. How in the know is a podcast about sex work by sex workers for sex workers. And today we are going to talk about the situation with cheetahs. Um, but first, we begin every episode with a segment we call Historical Hose. Should I go first? Go for it. Well, just because I don't know how... You can do it. I, I took three pills for my hives that <laughs> I've been breaking out in for five days now. And um, I've never heard of anybody having hives for five days until now. So. I hadn't either. And I didn't know I was allergic to anything this awfully, though. Anyway, um, well, three out of the four pills I took have drowsiness as an effect. <laughs> so and Clover might conk out somewhere. I had trouble keeping my eyes open last night, but I thought that was just pure exhaustion. So so my historical hoe. My historical hoe is Susie Favor Hamilton, who was an Olympic runner. It's funny because I almost, I almost did this person. Oh yeah, yeah, and I'm glad that I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have been pretty cool if we yeah, we'll just both do it different times. <laughs> so she was an Olympic runner. She was born in 1968, um, but was like having her her spotlight in <laughs> in the 90s and into the 2000s, and then. Um, like there was a point where she was running this race and, um, she, like she was turning a, a corner and like five girls passed her up and then she was like, oh my God, there's no way that I'm ever going to like become uh, like the best anymore. And so then she just faked that she passed out. Oh. And, um, so at that point she, she marks this as when her life started going extremely downhill or something like that. And so she was, she, she got married, had a baby and, um, got like so attached to this baby that her husband was like, this is kind of weird. Um, <laughs> and you like this baby too much. <laughs> and he was like, you should, uh, see something about this. And, and so then she got, um, prescribed antidepressants. Okay. Um, but she was bipolar, and so an issue with that is that having antidepressants when you're bipolar can mean that you don't have, like, a ceiling or anything. Oh. And so um, she describes this point in time as 
her becoming very social and also hypersexual. Mm. So it's an interesting thing. So like uh, they went on an anniversary in Vegas. Um, and in that anniversary, she was like, let's go skydiving and also have a threesome. And so then they, they did that. And she was like, that was amazing. Yeah. I mean, on its face, it sounds really cool. <laughs> if we don't take into account that this is an intense manic phase. Yeah. Um, so she was like, that was amazing. They go back to their life where she's like, at this point, a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. Um, that's her job. And she also like runs marathons and things and like, like hosts things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's like, wow, my life is dull. And like, I could be having a lot of sex right now. And so, um, she's like, I need to go back to Vegas and basically she goes back and hires an escort there and is like, she has a lot of fun with that escort and is like, okay, well there are escorts and that's a thing that exists. So like they're getting paid to have sex. I love having sex. So I'm just going to have sex and get paid to have sex. So for like a year, she does this. She just starts to like do um, both her life as Susie Favor Hamilton and then also as... Um, she had like another name her legal name no that's her that's her legal name oh a pseudonym her pseudonym her, her pseudonym was like um i think it's like kate katie lundy or something oh like yeah kelly lundy lundy yeah and um and so she would like run marathons and then like fly back to vegas where she had like a very specific like escort service that she um, kind of was like working under mm -hmm. um, and she would have like five clients booked for the night and she did that for a really long time or not a really long time just like half a year and she was like this is great this is fun um, but then like her husband was just kind of like this is like crazy like we're trying to raise a kid and it's not working out and like uh, like their marriage was suffering so then um, so he was like let's split up and um, at this point, she was like, okay. Um, and like, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Head. Um, so then, so then like after one of her events, um, some reporter came and found her and was like, hey, um, so hey, like, we're outing you. Yeah, basically. And um, I'm a reporter and let me blow up your life. Yeah. And so that <laughs> happened. He blew up her life and she was completely like, like under the worst spotlight ever. And everyone hated her and was like being really awful. And they're like, how could you do this to your family? How, how could, could you do that to your husband and your child? Yeah. And, um, and so then she was like, her, her husband like took her on this drive and she was going to like kill herself. And then. Like she didn't though, and she just kind of like backed out. And they were they went to the doctor, and the doctor was like, "Oh well, she's actually bipolar. She shouldn't be on these drugs. This is like really bad." And so like then she was like, "Okay, well, um, guess I was being hypersexual," and like but she also at the same time, interestingly, is like, "I will never like shame that part of myself." Or, mm. or like get rid of all of the presents and things that I got from my clients. Um, mm. And like, like still kind of embraces that part of herself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huh. No, that's interesting. Cause I, I remember like I was looking at some articles and she was like, 
I don't stand by that person that I was at that time. Like she was like, it was a moment of mania and like, I want to forget about that and blah, 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 blah. But I didn't see any of the, of the articles like where she's like, oh, I, I, yeah, totally was a sex worker. And I, you know, that was part of my life. Yeah. Well, I mean, the end of this article says she still keeps a closet full of the clothes she used to wear and the gifts she received as Kelly Lundy. Oh, Quote, it reminds me of Kelly and the sex and all the crazy things she did, said Favor Hamilton through tears. She will never shame from this. And the reason she won't feel shame is because an illness took hold. Mm. So it's like a mixed thing for her, I think. Yeah, and I think like, it's just like the trauma of being like under such like fire. It's like, how can you process that part of your life? Yeah, because it sounds like she was having fun. She was. Yeah. I mean, even though, I mean, it's so, it's. I mean, it's like mental illness is so hard, you know, yeah. like, I mean, you can't completely like disregard everything that you do in the midst of stuff, depending, yeah. but I mean, it's also like, people. Really you also can, you know, be very forgiving and like you should be because it's like, it's above your control a lot of times. And I feel like just like the whole stigma surrounding it is like in part, or like around like sex work is in part the reason why it's amounted to such a like bad thing, but it. I guess like the feeling of being out of control of yourself and like your actions is really like the thing that she may, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And where, where did you get your source? Where's your source? Oh yeah. My source is both from Wikipedia and then also from um, ABC News, an uh. article called Olympian turned Vegas ex escort Susie Favor Hamilton why I was saving, how, uh, why I was having sex for money by Lauren Putrino, Ed Lopez, and Lauren Efron. Interesting. Yep. All right. So that's my historical hoe. Awesome. That's fantastic. Well, hey guys, welcome. <laughs> hey. Hello. And this is your first time on our podcast, so... Um, feel free to pipe up and um, have opinions. Yeah, <laughs> you can argue with me. I would never argue. All I would want to add is what if, what if someone was so ashamed of doing sex work, they actually feigned a mental illness to cover up for something that they were ashamed to do, even though they were claiming that they weren't shamed ashamed of it that yeah. was my first thought too i mean i have a lot of questions just because it seemed like kind of went back and forth in there and i'm like wait a minute though like what are you ashamed or are you not yeah mm -hmm. i don't know i want to I, I would like to actually talk to the person and look in their eyes and see yeah, yeah. i'm honestly so curious about her experience because it really did sound like she was having fun like skydiving like getting into sex work she kept all of her gifts and her outfits mm -hmm. i mean yeah. like you, you would get rid of that stuff yeah, I feel. yeah if, if you were really like ashamed of it right mm -hmm. yeah yeah i will say I though, feel she she just had to claim like shame and like that she was not responsible like especially really like being covered like. by abc news too yeah. you know oh, like, by every reporter yeah, yeah. It's crazy what were you gonna say Ty? i said i will say though i can speak to the fact that antidepressants do not mixed with bipolar disorder no. at all it immediately either sends you straight into hypomania or mm. straight into a depressive episode oh no okay yeah i mean that's that's super true too yeah. and it's like i mean really understanding what happened with all of like the spin that these articles have whenever they're reporting on sex workers mm -hmm. it's just like really hard to know mm -hmm. what 
you know, what biases are in place and, you know, what pressure she was feeling whenever she was giving those reports. Yeah. Um, yeah. And most of the time they, they want their readers to think that they aren't supporting it. Mm -hmm. You know, like we don't want the readers to think that we're glamorizing or supporting this thing yeah. because we don't think that that's good because they're coming from a place that's like family oriented and shit mm -hmm. like that. And they have to be like, this caused her to do this and yeah. she would never you know? Yeah. Like this is on like the five o'clock news with everybody and their grandmas like watching and they think, you know, their grandma never did anything or like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they want to imagine that no woman ever prior to this moment. That is untrue. <laughs> I want everyone to know all your grandmas are hoes. Yeah. <laughs> Every single one. Every single one. Mima, yeah. whatever you call her. Mima. I mean, my grandma had nine daughters and two sons. What the? Oh, my grandmother ooh. had five chin. I have five children, and they're each other. All their birthdays are like my mom and all her brothers. Their birthdays are only like ten to eleven months apart. Every uh, single one of them. Yeah. Good Catholic girl. Popped them out. They was fucking fucking. I know, Just right? Saying. You ever think about that? Like when there's like a pregnant person, or like when people are like, "We're trying to get pregnant right now." Yeah. I'm like, y'all nutting a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're just telling me you're fucking raw. Right yeah, now. I know. Yeah. You're, you're doing it raw right now. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, yeah, go off. Get off. Exactly. I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy for pretty much anybody having sex as long as it's in a consensual, happy way or yeah. somewhat happy. For consensual real. primarily if you want Wait, that nut, somewhat happy well i mean sometimes you have angry sex and oh, I, and, but it's consensual like angry sex yeah i do so there we go that's mm -hmm. what i'm saying okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's good all right you guys so we're here um to talk about what went hap or what went down at uh chia does hollywood why can't i speak true does hollywood so a lot has been happening at strip clubs all over California with the passage of AB5 um, and our transition from independent contractors to employees and then all of these clubs doing all kinds of illegal crazy shit in the way that they enforce the laws or abide by the laws um, like just you know, forcing the first like couple hundred dollars of whatever girls make to go toward their paycheck and like turning over businesses to like new management and um, and just um, like still doing tip outs even though that's technically now illegal. A million and one things we oh, can go it's on illegal? and on. Yeah, they're not supposed to be doing tip outs anymore. <gasps> yeah, if you're an employee. Oh my God, mm -hmm. can we like record them and then? Ooh, well, I mean, yeah, technically yes, I mean. You and should well, be keeping track of you everything should be keeping if you're track. still working at a club because shit's gonna change pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So like they're still doing all of these things and like and still punishing girls for not like showing up to shifts and not giving us flexibility, even though there's no part of the law that says that you have to have a rigid schedule or things like that. Like mm -hmm. there's no part of the law that says that it has to be enforced the way that it is. Um, so anyway, before we dive in, there's one more caveat. We are having a Raising Hell event on Monday, January 20th, 2020, MLK Day, for those of you who don't know. Um, and Malice Teddy and a bunch of other amazing strippers and pole dancers will be part of the pop-up strip club event happening from, is it 8 to 10 at the Federal Bar? Yes. Eight, 8 to 10 at the Federal Bar. It's my event and I should know this. <laughs> the Federal Bar in NoHo. Tickets are 15 bucks and you can um, buy them on the Soldiers of Pole Instagram page. Um, so I'll link that in the episode bio. There's also a helicopter overhead in case you hear that noise. They're um, looking for us. They're looking for us. That's my vibrator. Sorry. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, bring your friends, your family, your fathers, support stripper empowerment, help us to unite. And um, yeah, I mean, you can find some great information. We're going to be spreading some knowledge and uh, shaking that booty. Damn, this is really overhead. I believe there's like a chase going on in this neighborhood. <laughs> One time I was downtown and there was like a cop helicopter that was just circling for 30 minutes, the same spot, like just the same they do that in my neighborhood constantly. Like over Hollywood, I live by the Roosevelt. It's constant. Oh, like one right above where I live. You like live Hollywood right by the Roosevelt? Yeah. Oh shit. That's not enough. It's not bougie, believe me. <laughs> no. I live in like a dilapidated nineteen hundreds fucking <laughs> shit building. A bunch of retirees, <laughs> including myself, just you know, on a two-story building with just <laughs> the only amenity is parking. I like that you call yourself a retiree. Yeah. You're not like retiree age by any stretch. I mean, in stripper, in stripper age, yeah. I'm like way past. I'll be 45 in a couple months. You know, I used to dance with a girl who was 57 years old, and she I'm loved it. So. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's definitely older strippers than me, but like in most most of the girls that worked when I started working stopped working years ago. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely like an industry that has like a short shelf life and mm -hmm. for a number of reasons, but a lot of it can also just be physical things yeah. like your knees give out, which I always warn these young bucks about. <laughs> yes. Okay, you look directly at me. <laughs> Are you mean to your knees? Oh, Cheetos from Cheetos. <laughs> I'm literally always, I do a lot of like dead drops straight onto my knees and I no. kick. <gasps> and Cheetos would be like, Jetty. And I'd be like, well, you know. No, oh, I'm. No. Very concerned. For I got them while I got them. <laughs> Selena wears a uh, knee pads. I wear, so. yeah, I wear compression socks on my knees and always high boots. It's okay. I'm always. I'll, I can't ever tell her though that my feet hurt because she'll be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I'll be like, "Ow!" I kick my toe, and she'd be like, "That's your fault for kicking shit on stage." Oh and I'm like, "True." She likes to climb yeah. to the top of the pole and then go up there and do a fucking super fucking serious kick into the ceiling to like crack open the oh ceiling. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, to be fair. First of all, when I started Cheetahs, there was already a hole. There so was. when I started kicking, people immediately assumed it was my hole. But it was not my hole. No. However, <laughs> before Cheetahs got remodeled, if you went at certain spots around the pole, there was little holes. And I will fully claim responsibility. Okay. Those were mine. I did kick holes in the ceiling, just not the big one. But okay. I did have holes. The big one is not yours, but the tiny holes are yours. I had a hole at Star Garden too. So I want you to know this is don't hire me any club. I will kick a hole in your fucking ceiling and you can't stop me. I like that you claim your little hole. Oh yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be ashamed. I'm not gonna be like that wasn't me, because you've seen me kick the ceiling every night. Of course it's me. I believe, okay. It's kicking the ceiling for like the impact of the sound. No, it honestly, it was really cool. Cause when she did it, she did it in time with the song. Oh. And it was like basically a fucking um, crowd snap. Oh. So it's like when she would do it, everyone would focus on her, you know, yeah. whether they were in the middle of a conversation or not, they'd just be like, you know, like some people do the yeah, heel they click. Yeah, they do the clicks. Yeah. But the thing is, is like her mm. ceiling kick was louder and higher and yeah. visible and on time with the song. Mm -hmm. And it was always, it was dramatic. It was I like cool. that. Okay. It really, it wasn't like a random ceiling kick. It had I really thing. want, I wish I could have witnessed this. Do you have any videos? Not of the ceiling kick. The I know what we have videos fuck? of everything else, but we never filmed me kicking the ceiling. Oh, I think it's I probably have one somewhere. I have to find it because <laughs> Teddy is one of my favorite dancers. Nick so would I have had a recorded fit. her. Nick would have had a fit. Oh, yeah. That's probably uh. why we didn't do it. Once we had like a special night and he pulled me aside and he went, hey, 
listen the people running this party told me they wanted no loud noises me specifically he was Ooh. like he was like please don't kick the ceiling but you know when you do something so much automatically think about it. so i went up yeah. there and i like slammed and then i watched them come out of the office and be like and i was like Whoopsie. sorry oh sorry God. i don't know uh, i'm so sorry i was like i zoned out nick but they tipped me so i was like clearly they weren't that mad yeah, about it uh, yeah i was like they, they didn't seem upset maybe he was more upset than they were yeah. i think he was whatever yeah, i like broke the rail and we all broke that rail well and there's video of me doing that on that uh ridiculousness show <laughs> and <laughs> they clowned me real hard on that show really they were like she went up that pole she was like 20 something years old she come down she was like 50 years old because <gasps> oh. i made a crazy face when i accidentally lifted the mm-hmm. pole and i like looked at the camera like the girl oh, that was filming like, oh my god oh. i was like i can't believe we just did that and they were like this and they were said she looked like satan <laughs> Oh well i like that that's kind of a funny. compliment i know i'm not mad at that part that's it's so funny because it sounded like cheetahs was falling apart it was it was hella falling well i mean apart. it just sounds like they didn't take care of the facility no, they ne- like, they, okay you guys hazard. i worked there for nine years nine years and nine. they never did anything to make that place look nicer except for one time they brought in some like they, they took out some old semen stained like <laughs> chairs and they put in some new ones. Um, semen, newly semen new, stained. New semen. They probably got it from another club that were just <laughs> a little just less like, semen stained. Like, oh, a little oh, bit oh. less cum. And then they also, literally one time, they took out the old lockers that we had in the dressing room and they replaced them with like the exact same shit. Wow. I was like, what is what is the difference? Did There's they get them from like school supplies? <laughs> yeah. Like, and I took the old lockers. They're in my house. I oh, wow. nice. That's yeah. so cute. I was like, I'm keeping, I had a van at the time. I was like, huh. these are, these are mines. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And they still smell like a little bit of a stripper. So they got that like mm. uh, cotton candy smell. Aww, like the smell cute. of like every Victoria's Secret it's, perfume it's, yeah, at but, once. But cotton candy overwhelms everything every time. <laughs> cotton wins. candy overall. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when they changed the lights in the dressing room and then they went out like the next yeah. two days, like oh, for two God. days we were like, oh my God, we can see our makeup. Oh. And then I came in like the oh, day yeah, after that and I was like, oh. They did Ugh. fix that one thing. Our dressing room ceiling always had like tile stains from the water leaking mm. and then the lights were always burnt out because of it. And they did come in one time and fix that for like, yeah, like a week or it whatever. Bl- it was lasted a week. And then it started leaking again and it always smelled like mold when they turned on the AC. It just smelled like shit and dead rat. <sighs> awesome that is hot what a sexy club guys yeah <laughs> so when did you guys start at strippers you said nine years ago well, that's when i started there i started dancing in 2001 or two 2000. but actually i danced for a few years before that in texas but that's when i was uh private dancing and i was a junkie and i like had to take a hiatus to go to recovery and then came back but I wasn't dancing at a club, so I don't call it stripping. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that, was that your introduction to like dancing? Yeah, like it was. Exotic it was, dancing, erotic. It was exotic. honestly awesome. I was like homeless and this girl came up to me one day. She was like legit trying to hustle me, but like I can be hustled easily by a chick. Yeah. And she like rolled up on me and she was like, what do you do? And I was like, um, I'm like out here asking for a dollar for a slice of pizza. What? <laughs> she was like you ever thought about dancing and i was like no i look like a dude she was mm-hmm. like no i can tell underneath those baggy clothes you have like a nice body i was like you can't oh really <laughs> like you're looking into my like, clothes okay well and she was like um she's like i do private shows and like you could do two girl shows with me and um i'm like she's like it's minimum like 
for those like you'd make you go home with three hundred dollars you yeah. know like whatever mm-hmm. it's like in texas in the early 2000s or it was 90s still it was 90s and mm-hmm. she was like yeah just come with me and i was like i mean <laughs> she's like listen if you don't like it you never have to do it again and it's not like we don't do anything hardcore we don't do any touching the mm-hmm. guys don't get to touch us she's like just come with me and i was like but i've never danced before i don't know what to do and she's like have you ever taken your clothes off <laughs> and i was like yeah she's like do that <laughs> wow i love it and i was like okay like is it okay if i touch you when we do this she's like oh yeah we're gonna touch each other they just don't get to touch us i was like i'm in <laughs> <laughs> i was like this is so hot and then like that was the f- the first one was a two-girl show then it was like one girl after that but that was like the hustle that was how she like bought me in oh. and then later on her and her boyfriend like tried to pimp me after like working for them Ooh, for uh, years uh, i like they, they didn't get to pimp me, but they were like slowly, subtly trying to like do pimp game shit with mm-hmm. me where they were like, um, we, we had guys that would pay with their credit card or debit card or mm-hmm. I mean, not debit card, but like checks or stuff yeah. and they'd get the money and I'd be like, Hey, can I get some money from those shows that we, I did last week? Yeah. They'd, they'd be like, what do you need it for? What the fuck? And I'd what? be like, well, cause it's my because money. you, it's, it's yours. It's and my you money. Made the money. <laughs> She'd be like, what? You don't trust us? What the fuck? You don't think we're going to pay you? And I'd be like, no, but like, I just want my money. But like, what do you want? I get, I'll get it for you. The fuck? And I'm like, oh no, God. but I just want my money. Yeah. And she's like, are you going to buy drugs with it? And I'd be like, um, no, but I, I mean, also I, not I was, your business. Yeah. It wasn't her business, but yeah, I was fucking buying drugs. With my <laughs> 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 Bitch. I was like, yeah, I need to get high. What? Yeah, you know, you can like do anything fucking wrong with your. Money. I know. I was like, it's my money. Your paycheck. It's yeah. your paycheck. So when she started doing that shit with me, I was like, oh shit, I need to fucking start to get the fuck out of here. And yeah. so I started like weaseling up my own money and then just fucking beefed out of town because also her dude kept accusing me of doing full service. He was like, are you fucking that customer? And like a boyfriend would be like and i was like what it's like are you even you're not I'm like no i'm not fucking him and he's like why do you take a shower after i'm like because he likes it when i put my oil on my body and i don't want to be oily all day mm. and he's like whatever i think you're fucking him and he's like you can't be doing that you know it's against the law i'm like i'm not doing it but he wow. like accused me every time and i think it's like to like kind of mentally manipulate you into thinking yeah. that you're a prostitute so you start to be one you know mm-hmm. not that there's anything wrong with that i'm just saying like i didn't want to do it and I was just like, but I think that they were trying to like really edge me into doing more because mm-hmm. literally like I was so money hungry though back then I got really money addicted and I was making like a thousand dollars a night and I just started just stacking money and I was just alone in my room just with money and dope, just getting high and fucking collecting money and mm-hmm. just being like, yeah, I would be some nights I wouldn't sleep for sometimes three days because I'd be like. I just need more money. I just need more drugs. And she knew, (laughs) she knew that I was like that. Like a little money drugs. (laughs) Sometimes she would call me and she'd be like, do you want to go do a show? And I'd be like, dude, I haven't slept in three days. I'm fucking tired. She's like, I've got some blow. Just come. Do you, she's like, do you want to sleep or do you want to make money? And I'd be like, let's let's get this bread. And so I show up and I'm like, I'd be all fucked up. Like, I mean, one time she had to take me out of a show. I, f- I fell out on this guy. Like I totally fucking like half OD'd. And oh my she, God. she had to like come and pick me up. I wasn't fully OD'd, but I like had already had methadone, heroin and oh um, cocaine and then been up for days. And then this guy was like, I was telling him, I was like, no, I'm starting to get sick. And he like gave me Xanax. <gasps> and then I just was like fucking no. fucked oh off. Oh my God. He was like, yeah, you don't want to make this better Xanax. <laughs> Luckily that customer didn't try to do shit. He d- he just like called the girl and he was like, um, I need a different girl. This one's pastel. <laughs> what? Wow. It's wow. like so, send another one in. So anyway, sorry, that was a long ass story, but just yeah. Just like I, such a like sociopath. I know, yeah. but, but luckily that, that, 
ended and then I, you know, got sober and then I started dancing in Portland in the early 2000s and then I moved to LA in 2010 and I started working at Cheetah's. Oh, okay. That's, that's, I love this story. It's very comprehensive. (laughs) Tony, what about you? Oh God. Uh, mine's way more boring. I just started dancing. I started dancing in LA like four years ago. Yeah. Four years ago because I started dancing just after I think, no, I was 19 or I just turned 20. It's a baby. That's why. Um, Mm -hmm. I was, how old are you right now? 24. Oh my Jeez. gosh. <laughs> a little baby. Aww. Wait, hey. how old are you? Uh, I'm 27. Really? Oh, shit, you yeah. look so young. Oh, Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. I thought you were my age. Woo. Okay. No, I'm going to be pushing. <laughs> I'm getting ready for 30. Oh, you're so old. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> but I had, I honestly don't, it wasn't even, like, I feel like some people really plan it out or they really, really want it. Or they're just like, I really want to be a stripper. I really have to be a stripper. I had just, I'd come to LA to go to FITM and then. Where did it, you come from? Uh, I had been living in Germany with my mom. Oh, nice. And then. Yeah, I, that's cool. That's pretty fancy. Mm-hmm. And I came back to the States. I moved alone. I went to FITM for like two years. Uh, side note, fuck FITM. Fuck that school, honestly. Oh, so yeah? much beef with that school. And then I had like a major depressive breakdown in my last quarter and I dropped out. And so with that, I'd been living off my financial aid money and I had managed to stack up a bunch because at the same time I dropped out, I also wanted to break up with my boyfriend. So I saved up like a lot, uh, rented an apartment. And then the day before my friend was coming with a U-Haul, I was like, hey, I'm not gonna be here anymore. I'm out. And he was like, well, are you gonna live here? And I was like, no, um, Ellen's coming tomorrow with the U-Haul, like we're done, it's mm-hmm. done. I took care of it, it's out. And so I moved out, I was just on my own and I had like nothing to do. I had like no job and I didn't want (laughs) like Mm. a job job. I just didn't feel like I was in the place for something that's, I wasn't in the place for something that's structured. I really wasn't. And then I had met this, God, this makes me, okay. uh, (laughs) Tell it. So I, have calamitous relationships with people I meet on the internet. Like okay. the guy I moved to LA for, we had been Tumblr mutuals for oh five years God. before we started dating. We Love were both her. supernatural blockers uh, at one point. And so there was this other uh, person I had met um, because we had mutual friends on Facebook. And at this point I was like, this is cool because the people who know you, I know in real life. So it's fine. And they were like, oh, um, they're out in California. You guys should link up. And then I linked up with them. And at the time they were homeless and they were staying in their car. And so I was like, you can come stay with me. And then we were both kind of really manic at that point. And so we trauma bonded really, really quickly. And we encouraged each other a lot. And then they were just like, well, I got nothing to do. You want to start stripping? And I went, hell yeah. So we like went to one pole class. We bought a pair of pleasers. Hell yeah. We looked up a song. We looked up some tutorials and we spent one night working out routines and then we mapped up clubs and then we just like went at it. That was it. It was like in a week. I went from being like, yeah, sure. To being like, oh, fuck, I'm a stripper now. Turn up. (laughs) That is really the stripper starter kit. Like buy pleasers, look at some YouTube videos and then show up. I was there in my pleasers and my fucking little $15 Target Teddy. Just. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I I went to Forever 21 and got my first fits. I'm so ashamed of that first outfit. I think back in it and I'm like, sis, (laughs) how did you even get hired (laughs) that? You looked a mess. I think it's just like there's something so endearing about like that kind of just you know not knowing mm-hmm. 
the naivete. Yeah, people think it's sexy. And at the yeah. time, like, if you think I look like a baby now, at the time I was 19, I think I was really pushing the, like, <laughs> incredibly baby face kind of thing. That oh, was yeah. my vibe. So that is that was my foray into the world of dancing. What was your first club? Uh, Deja Vu in North Hollywood. Oh, how was that? Okay, actually. Yeah. You know what? Like, on it gets one, a bad rep. I don't know why, because like not like downtown and Hollywood's that better. I've worked at all yeah. three. They're all shit, honestly. They're all deja vus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> downtown, I don't like that they want you to be on social media. Hollywood, I don't like the manager, Steven. Everyone there hates him, but specifically, mm-hmm. I... Like, I hate him because one night I was wearing boots, so I wasn't painting my toenails because I was wearing boots. Mm-hmm. And I never take my shoes off. I'm not one mm-hmm. of those girls that takes her shoes off and dances. I just get really paranoid about it. I don't yeah, want to do yeah. it. Because after working at Deja Vu in North Hollywood taught me, I have to be able to run out of a dance at any moment. So oh, I'm always, shit. like, prepped. And so... Wait, I need to understand what that was. Oh, I'll cycle back Cycle to that. back to that, please. But basically, I got in a beef with this manager at the one in Hollywood because I came out in flip-flops and he was like, maybe you would have made more money if you painted those toes. And I was oh, like, shove it up your wow. ass, Steven. And so we weren't cool after that. <laughs> but, okay. I don't know what everyone... Like, maybe hates. he should paint his toes. Yeah, I don't know what his deal was. He wasn't that cute. But uh, I started the one in North Hollywood and I feel like starting at nude clubs kind of is like starting in the deep end, but I kind of like that because it made every other club seem so much easier. Mm -hmm. Like nothing was overwhelming Mm -hmm. after starting there because like my first couple nights I was... I was like really chill and really quiet. So the other girls liked me cause I wasn't like asking a ton of questions or being like mm-hmm. a new girl. I just like kept to myself until girls talked to me and then yeah. they liked me for that. And then they're like, okay, this one's cute. This one's mm-hmm. cool. Aww. And so I had a bunch of girls sit me down and be like, here's some advice. And they were like, first of all, someone's gonna come on you. Yeah. It's gonna happen within the next six months. They're like, come to terms with that now. Don't get shocked. That's they're actually like, really good advice. Yeah, they're like, yeah. someone's going to whip their dick out. They're like, someone's going to try to choke you in the dressing room. Someone's yep. going to try to finger you. They're like, once you've come to terms with that, you'll be fine. Yeah. And then successively, as each of those things happened, I was like, oh, and then I was like, oh, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> she told me someone was going to come on me and there he is. But um, it's, not, <laughs> it's not necessarily like, it's just... The bouncers in that club, uh, there were a lot of girls who were doing extras. And so the bouncers were used to ignoring girls. It's not mm-hmm. like they were, you weren't really in danger. Like if you needed them, they would come and they yeah. would have your back over but the they, managers. But they needed to turn a blind eye. Yeah. To be so they would kind of like people doing full service. They would like partial. graze through like the um, VIP rooms, but they wouldn't stay. They wouldn't hang out. They wouldn't really take a look. Yeah. And so guys kind of knew that. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of like tried to do a lot of stuff and I the thing about deja vu's is because you pay ahead it made me such a brat Mm. and it made me to be like well you already fucking paid and it's too much trouble for the managers to refund you because I'd watch it happen and I knew this so I was like it's either you do what I want in this lap dance or I'm gonna fucking leave and then yeah you're at like $150 it's not my fucking problem so Uh if someone I wouldn't even be like I like that protection yeah I like someone if someone whipped their dick out I'd be like you do it again I'm leaving and if they did it again, I would pick all my clothes up and I would just kind of like totter out <laughs> naked and I would be like, hey, oh, yeah. go get that guy. Because I learned if you tip the bouncers, they would kick a dude out. Like managers would always try to settle the situation, mm-hmm. but the bouncers would kick him out. And then by the time management came out, I'd be like, well, he's gone. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. you can't get him back. He's in the parking lot. I don't know what you want to do. He's gone. Um, <laughs> I don't think I ever had a situation where I was really like. No, actually, I take that back. I had one situation where I was like running and that was one dude that tried to choke me out. Oh, God. In, like, a dressing room. I don't know if he thought I would be into it. I don't know what he thought was going on. That but was he, like, his name Tim? No, but he really gripped. Uh-huh. <laughs> he really like, 
yell about him and I like smacked him off and then he and I kind of looked at each other because I think he was shocked that I didn't go along with it and then I just kind of went okay and I like ran out oh my fucking god that's such a like I don't know how to deal with that like I've had I've had guys definitely like try and go hard with choking and I thought it like I'm just like is this just a new thing I think it is and I think guys think no it's not guys you'll be into it (laughs) were guys choking you out back in like the 2000s no guys will always try there's always going to be that guy it's just I think that now um strip clubs over the years honestly that will depend okay coming from portland you're not allowed to touch a dancer but like here i think that you know there just always have been those guys that like go to clubs and they try to find the clubs where they can get away with it Mm -hmm. and like you know through the years some clubs will get a management that will allow it some will get it and they change management all the time and they change bouncers all the time Mm -hmm. so like you know the the chokers they come in and out and go to different clubs and are always looking for the place they can just get away with it because there's Mm -hmm. always the the choker and there's always the the butt toucher and there's always you know the spanker there's these characters that are always going to find a way to like you know get their thing done mm-hmm. i knew a lot of fingers not a lot of yeah. spankers but a lot of people the moment you go back to them we try to like pop one you know? or two yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. that that's been going on probably since the beginning of time you know we're mm-hmm. supposed to be the teasers the bouncers are supposed to like keep them from touching us i was in culture shock when i moved to la and found out that the bouncers here really don't do that mm-hmm. um they kind of have to like you said they do that blind eye because some of the girls are doing full service mm-hmm. and i always want to say just i want everyone to understand my stance i will never ever say that they shouldn't do sex work uh like that i just think that there should be separate venues and it should be mm-hmm. they can have a full service club and then they can have a strip club because that way customers wouldn't be fucking confused they'd be like i'm gonna go to the fucking strip club to get a tease or i'm gonna go to the brothel to get the full service yeah and then they w- we wouldn't have to fucking keep getting assaulted yeah. I mean, it's so confusing, like, because there isn't a place for full service sex workers. Exactly. To and it's confusing. Safely. I mean, I feel sorry for the dudes, too. It's confusing for them because so many girls do allow it. Or also, some girls don't even know that they can't say no, that they allow some shit. And then the bouncers don't protect them because they don't, the bouncers might be confused and don't know. So there's a, just there's just not any clarification of what's going to happen there. And mm. so, like, you know, and and the customers, they, they're going to, tr- I mean, they all want, we all know what they really want, you know, mm-hmm. and like, they're going to try to get as much as they can for their dollars. You yeah. know, and there so. should be a way for girls who are going to do that to be like, I know these customers have come here for that, and I already yeah. know what you want, and so it's yeah. And there I should mean, there yeah. should be a place for everyone to do what they're comfortable with at their comfortable mm. comfort level. Yeah, well, I definitely agree. I mean, I think full service should be legal, but I also sure. feel like. I mean, I feel like I hear so many other dancers complaining about it, cutting into their bottom line, but I don't feel like that's the case. I feel like the bigger issue is kind of like what you're saying is like girls who are not consenting, like yeah. having their boundaries yeah. pushed. That's what, that's yeah. what I, is, yeah. bothers me the most. The bottom line thing is never really, at first it seems like it, cause I've heard girls complain. They'd be like, oh, this girl does this for $20 and guys expect that. And what I found is always cheap guys expect that. But yeah. the guys who are willing to pay for you will pay for you whether yeah. you fuck them or not. I mean, yeah. true that, but I'm going to. Um, um, play the little devil's advocate because of the fact if if you work in a club where it's heavy with a lot of girls doing extra then you really can't make money you just can't Fair. you know like mm-hmm. I, I I've worked when I first fail. when I first worked worked at cheetahs it was mm-hmm. like that you know yeah. I mean I work at a mm-hmm. club where like people do extras more like and it's it's pretty chill mm-hmm. I mean I do think that the guys like are kind of set up for it mm-hmm. you know but I mean I also think there's always going to be like the draw to like whatever type they have mm-hmm. in my experience. But True. I mean, you know, uh, we're allowed to have differing opinions. I, I agree. 
And we're not a monolithic group, sex workers. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> we disagree in a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So why did you guys pick cheetahs? You can go first, Ballas. Um, When I first moved to L.A., I was working at both Cheetahs and Crazy Girls. And w- before I moved here, actually, I had researched. I come down here a couple times um, to see bands and to check out some clubs with some friends, which I I suggest if you are looking for clubs, that's what you should do is do some recon. Yeah, and definitely. Go check out some clubs, pr- preferably with a guy with money so you don't go there and not tip the girls because then yeah. you, they won't like you when you go up to audition. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, show up with somebody with money, tip the girls, be friendly, ask some questions like in a lap dance while you paid for it. Be like, hey, what do they... You know what? What? what what's it like here? You know, just kind of like yeah. What are the know? dance prices? I never minded when girls like interviewed me in a lap dance. Like I knew they were looking for work, and I always thought that was cool. Yeah, you I know? feel like that's just the fairest way to. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. I hated it when they would try to interview you when you're out on the floor. Yeah, I'm like, pay for a dance, and I'll tell you everything you want to know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, ain't free. Like, nice yeah, point. exactly. Um, yeah, you want my references? You want my opinion? <laughs> I'll fucking tell you, but pay me, bitch. Um, I'm on the clock. <laughs> But um, anyway, then she would be like, um, or uh, what was I saying? Sorry, I just lost my train of thought. What oh, was yeah, the like again? asking like, oh, uh, why you picked? Oh, yeah, I, I picked. So everyone, after, after I did my research, everyone was like, oh, you would probably fit in really well at Jumbo's. And I went there first and I, oh, I asked for an audition and uh-huh. they pretty much laughed at me and were like, yeah, we'll call you by the eight. fuck. Oh my and, God. Um, then I was like, okay, I guess I won't work there. Did you then. look how you look now? Um, it was same. Actually, I've had the same style since the beginning of time. <laughs> but like my hair was black, but I had, um, the leopard print that's tattooed on yeah. now on the sides where I do my mohawk was, um, painted on so that was like crazy colors like a yellow orange whatever Uh and um but i you know i could wear my hair down i didn't have the mohawk all the time but i still use the mohawk a lot for music videos and tv shows and shit that i do on the side so i was like um yeah whatever i think they just didn't like the crazy hair and the tattoos and stuff like neck tattoos were a big no-no and all that And, and you had neck tattoos before it like became this massive trend. Yeah. Yeah. You've it, been in it. Yeah. And like hand tattoos and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And, um, and just everywhere on my butt and everything. So whatever. So people, they didn't hate on that. Like, but everyone was like, Oh, Jumbo's is the place where all the tattooed people work. And then the woman that owns that place, I hear she, she really tattoos. isn't into them anymore. Maybe uh-huh. she used to be, but like, it's, I don't think it's actually really as well, I mean, prevalent. I hear she's like a real piece of shit anyway. So. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just think it's not as prevalent as what people think as far as like, people always see us the rock and roll club. But if you go there, really it's, it's like, you know, like I have a bunch of girlfriends that work there that are super rad and cool. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, I like the hipster shit that they have going on there. Cause hipsters have always been my best clientele. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh, that would work really well for me. But like, it's just not for me. And also I would have hated that jukebox, but, um, <laughs> anyways, uh, so I worked at crazy girls and I worked at cheetahs and then, Oh she- shit. I didn't know you worked at crazy girls. Yeah. I worked there when I first moved here for like a few years and I used to host the rock nights that were here in the early was it always like as exclusive as it is now oh no it was no it was basically what happened to crazy girls is what happened to cheetahs now mm-hmm. is like before it was like kind of like a dive bar it didn't mm-hmm. really have a lot of clientele it was really hit or miss mm-hmm. um there was a lot of girls doing side shit there was like um but you, but i still was cool with it because i could pick my own music and uh, the stages was really cool mm-hmm. and um and then when the, we host the rock nights we have like live bands and all sorts of cool shit and i like i would announce them and host them and i thought that was cool Mm -hmm. 
the guy that was putting on that, um, started putting those on at cheetahs. And so I was doing that there too. And then cheetahs management at the time was different and they started trying to charge us a $40 stage fee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, bro, like who's going to get $40 to tip you? I don't yeah. think so. This never happening. And they're like, well, if you can't make it, you just don't hustle hard enough. I was like, you don't oh have customers. Yeah. Like you can't, they're like, well, that's your fault. I'm like, no, no, it's not. That's not like, how that works. I can bring in people to see me, but my, my customers are stage oriented. I'm not getting a fucking bunch of lap dances, bro. Uh-huh. Uh, so I quit that club. And then when they closed for, you know, six months, um, and then they reopened, like I was told the new management was cool and the rock night went back to it. So I went back there and was hosting again. So mm-hmm. it was cool for a while, but it was like, you know, mm-hmm. it was, Cheetahs for a while was still really hoish. There was like a big group of girls there that were like doing a lot of side shit. And it was like, not as what sucks about that for me is like, since I do make most of my money off like young hipsters and like mm-hmm. couples and shit, they don't like being around that. They would come and see like all this seedy shit going on and they'd be like, ew, gross. And they would leave. And like, you know, I wonder if it's like a branding issue. It is a branding issue. I think and they should have done what I said all along and they should have just made it a fucking no lap dance club and just made it be a fucking entertainment venue because also most of the people that go there, the majority of the people weren't fucking lap dance customers. Like girls had a hard time hustling there. I mean, well, that's kind like of what out. they did with the jumbos. Yeah, I mean, jumbos like, took out their lap dances and that's yeah. what, that's the other reason why I like that club because it was But wasn't, I mean, it's also like now it's just like cut into the bottom line for all of the dancers. Like it's caused a real crisis. Mm-hmm. Well, I think worse than that for them is they're just not getting scheduled enough you know like yeah it's a combination but yeah all that stuff but it is true but i still think i mean if that club was bigger and they focused also like okay so where i worked in portland a club called sassy's Mm -hmm. they had um, a line out the door every friday and saturday night a line fucking of like that would always regenerate itself of people and mm-hmm. our stages were set up so if people weren't tipping at the rack the bouncers fucking kicked them the fuck out oh that's so nice if you stop tipping one song you're out you Ugh. tip a d- elite minimum a dollar a song but most people are making it rain all night yeah but like if you're not you're sitting at the rack and they don't see a dollar come out at the end of the song they get up we got people in line waiting to sit there go well, like go. what's like what's an average yield on at that kind of place so well i mean i'm sure it's lower now because everything has impacted the industry you know well, like yeah, the internet and everything but when yeah. i worked there i did make a thousand dollars every friday every saturday wow. and that was just on stage i didn't have to do lap dances that's why i never was trained in doing them that's because crazy. i didn't fucking if someone want to give me $20 for a lap dance I'm like I'm sorry I make too much money I don't have time for that (laughs) you know like I'm gonna make so much money tonight I don't need your $20 I can't even imagine that like the climate is like today is completely different but that's because they don't orient it that way I mean they could still have the hustle clubs and then they could still have a club like the way I worked if they set it up right I mean the way that my I mean I think that they're they're trying to like well, I mean, go on, go on. Uh, the, the way that this club operated, there's three stages that are constantly running with constant dancers on them. The DJ was killer. Each girl that was on the front stage picked her fucking songs and like, or he picked their songs, but each girl was representing a genre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so everyone was getting their genre fulfilled. You know what I'm saying? It's not all rock. It's not all rap. It's so not this is, all This electric. is in Portland? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's all sorts of. And, and we it's eclectic. Did, we did yeah. have a lot of diversity there. I wouldn't say with body types, though, but I mean, you, Colors, can't, you can't win it yeah, all. But, but I mean, as far as Portland goes, Portland's so white. It was yeah. we had like the more, most diversity for 
like well for some Portland. of the most for Portland, which yeah. isn't isn't saying a lot. It's not a high bar. Still, <laughs> it's a low, real low bar there. Yeah. Um, but it was still pretty cool because we could um, kind of have a little something for everybody, and that was I mean that's what you have to do if you wanted to have a club really fucking be stage oriented, have mm-hmm. a little something for everybody, and then have it be so the stage the dancers were so good mm-hmm. that you could not stop fucking tipping them or watching yeah. them. The, mm-hmm. the, our nights were so fucking good. They were lit. <laughs> Every time, like the girls that I worked with, sometimes I would be on stage dancing and I would dance way better back then. Uh-huh. And I was doing crazy stunts, but I would look over and I see these fucking girl doing crazier stunts than I was doing. And I'd stop sometimes in the and middle of my dancing. I'd be like, I'm sorry, everybody, but look at her right now. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck is that? And we would all just be like, Oh, like yeah. it was, I love that. You know, Mm -hmm. like I see this one girl I work with, Mimi, I I swear to God, this fucking cute Filipino girl, she fucking did this, um, like shit where I don't know how she ended up on her head. She did, I'm not kidding. She did like a head spin, head stand, then grabbed the poles with her thighs and pulled herself back up and then spinning on that shit. She did some crazy break dancing stripping. I was just like this bitch right here. I can't even, (laughs) but I'm just telling you. I feel like you kind of see that more now at, at like, certain urban clubs slash crazy girls and stuff yeah. like that. It's yeah. like very pole oriented and oh, stage yeah, totally. show oriented, but it's not body inclusive. No. And, mm-hmm. and they also set it up so that like, so the stages look dope. Like when I look at the girls dancing, but they have guys standing on the stage, like rapping or doing whatever. But the way that they're tipping the girls is kind of like in a derogatory, like you're a dog, you're my bitch way. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying like, I just, I just don't want a man on the stage with exactly. me. Exactly. Well, yeah. also just in a um, psychologically, when you see the way that they're tipping the women, mm-hmm. it makes the women look trashy. Mm. And I'm not saying that personally that I feel that way. I'm saying that the crowd is like looking at them like, oh yeah, that's a bitch. Like I'm going to throw my money at her. Like she ain't shit, you know, like, but mm-hmm. she's still getting money. And I mean, I would still take the money that way as well, Yeah, but mm-hmm. I would feel I, th- I think about things kind of in a psychological way like that. Like mm-hmm. when, whenever, like, for instance, like if girls come to the rack, like a lot of girls that are like straight or whatever will be like kind of intimidated, you know, they're going there with their man and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to be like, you know, like lame and not go to the strip club, but also like, I'm kind of like, this is weird or whatever, mm-hmm. but like submissively, like this is like dog park shit. Like I fucking will go and put my head in their lap. Mm-hmm. And that is like a sign of submission to let them know that I'm not above them huh. and they fucking are equal to me and they fucking lose their like that fucking firm shit that they're doing that's before. so smart i that love this really tactic they're, they're all like this bitch and then you start fucking flirting with them and like bowing to them a little bit and they fucking mm. soften up mm-hmm. that's mm. smart no i mean i definitely get that with dog posturing like you yeah. know like dogs are about to fight whenever they like start bucking down at each other yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and it's like you're looking hard at them but you think you're flirting but like a lot of girls will be intimidated by that yeah look, mm-hmm. you know definitely I mean, sometimes I think I'm like getting good vibes with a girl and then like all of a sudden, like I'll see her like run out with her man. And it's like, God. <laughs> well, she could be going, getting all wet and need a Well, no, <laughs> like looking visibly upset. Uh, <laughs> yeah, some girls don't like it when they start to see the dude enjoying himself. They're yeah, like, oh, they really don't. Wait. It's it's really like what did you think was going to happen? Why did you come here? But I mean, I always try to give the female more attention and like yeah. I'm just saying like if there was a dude on stage while I'm dancing like throwing money on me like I was a bitch 
I wouldn't like that shit. Even if I'm getting the money, it'd be really hard for me to take that money. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, I just don't like like a man standing over me, especially yeah. whenever I'm dancing. Like mm-hmm. he can be on the ground, like equal level, yeah. but yeah. just like mm-hmm. being above me doing it. It just, it does, it does have that weird I'm telling you, but that's how it. it looks when you look at the stage. But I'm like, I'm not going to be complaining cheetahs. if somebody like throws like 10,000 bucks at me. I like, mean, yeah. same. I'm still going to take the money, but I'm just saying like when they, they have these clubs now, they're all set up that way. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, the girls don't look like superstars. They look like... They look like background in the music video. Exactly. They look like their own backup dancers. Mm. But those girls should be stars. They should yeah. be treated like stars. I mean, like they're all stars. so bad. They're like the baddest of baddies. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. fucking dope. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, they have these girls up there that can twerk and fucking pole dance. And, and they hot. can fucking twerk hot. while they're pole dancing and they're hot. It's and so they hot. fucking kill mm. it. And But they have this guy standing over them with the fucking money mm. just like, you my bitch. It's like, ugly dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's also like, who was he? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know that man. <laughs> like, give her some space, motherfucker. Sorry, to yeah. this man. I mean, I feel like that's the real problem is like, there's not much diversity in it. It's like, it's like tends to be like urban leaning. It is going to be black, but it's not going to be all black people. It's going to be like big booty, thick mm-hmm. black mm-hmm. types with, you know, like full weaves or good hair or like, Things like that. Or well, like they're it'll all be going like that Kardashian look. Yeah, yeah, the Latinas with like the Kardashian butts, a lot of implant, like butt mm-hmm. implants. Like I'm not going to hate on anybody who has implants because it's pretty brave and I'm not brave enough to go there. But it's just like, you know, to have that standard, it's like, it's hard for norm, for not normal bodies, but just for a variety of bodies and thinner bodies. And mm-hmm. well, it's just that. like when big boobs were super popular back in the day, it starts to make girls think that they need that to, yeah. to, be attractive, you know, be attractive. Mm-hmm. or you need to and, have that silhouette yeah and the thing is yeah. once again like i'm the same way i'm not gonna knock it like i'm attracted to a lot of girls that have that too like uh, you know that have you know everything i don't even care like i don't judge or nothing but i'm just saying that like you know people shouldn't think that that's the way but like also it sucks when society kind of pushes people to be like this is what you're supposed to look like to make money or to look look expensive yeah mm-hmm. this you is know? the only way that you're a commodity yeah I mean, not yeah. to you know have human commodity but yeah right whenever we're selling that it's hard what were you gonna say anything no uh, thoughts <laughs> thoughts feeling i mean i get it this is, this is the future and this is like kind of the way that it's going but it does need to be like people need to understand like there is a type for everyone yeah and so that i feel like the clubs need to fucking be a little more open to like having different body types in clubs you know because that's that's the problem is like even though they are pushing this one type of girl there's still some motherfuckers that are in there that are like you know what like i fucking you know think so and so is like got the hottest body i think customers get bored Mm -hmm. when they see the same type of girl they get i want like a really thick girl or like i want a really super tiny thin girl because guys are Mm -hmm. a lot of guys are really specific about the things that they like and it's not interchangeable they're like i I like this type of girl and this type of girl only and if you don't have this type of girl i'm leaving i'm out yeah Mm -hmm. i mean there's just like not like a middle ground with these like performance stage-based clubs Mm -hmm. is a real issue not at all not at cheetahs either yeah so what happened at cheetahs i need to know the rundown okay well (laughs) uh basically what happened was in november of 2019 on i don't remember the exact dates the dates really don't matter um but on a saturday um i came in to malice actually told me the news that um the owner had said that we were taking two weeks off for remodeling 
And at this you're taking two weeks off for mm-hmm. remodeling. <laughs> and then he told us, he assured us, he went on and on that um, everyone was still going to have their jobs back at the end of two weeks. But uh, starting next week, we were going to be closed for two weeks. And um, we were all like, I mean, okay. Everyone was like really confused and really skeptical because it kind of came out of nowhere. It was really, be- it was really vague. Um, mm-hmm. Bobby, the owner, was being really shifty about it. And so we were just like, all right, I guess that's it. And so at the end of the night, we all said goodbye to each other. And I was talking to another girl and she was like, see you in two weeks. And I was like, not to be dramatic, but I bet we're all fucking fired. Whoa, (laughs) you had that foresight. I knew it. Well, because it wasn't that I was at a foresight. I knew Bobby and Nick. Oh, and like also, I think at that point, I kind of just knew strip clubs. Like, okay, a lot of girls who had worked at Cheetahs had either worked at Cheetahs or basically had worked at Jumbos because there is like a Cheetos to Cheetahs to Jumbos pipeline. Everyone acts like there isn't. isn't. Most people who worked at Cheetahs worked there because you auditioned at Jumbos and Jumbos didn't take you. That's why I started at Cheetahs. Mm. And I mean, it was kind of like a similar type. You yeah, know? and they were they're really close to each other. More like alt girl type. Mm-hmm. Kind of like an alt girl, like divey kind of rocker bar, and yeah. they're really they're. T- five minutes down the street from each other mm-hmm. and like a lot of girls for example who work at like cheetahs used to work at jumbos um so it does have that kind of vibe and a lot of those girls had stayed in basically like the bikini at most topless kind of clubs and i feel like those are a completely different animal than nude clubs and yeah. i think if yeah. you they're a little bit more cushioned and i think if you come up in those clubs sex work is a little bit it's not safe for anybody but it's a little bit more like delicate yeah in that and so i was like i just don't trust managers i've had like a lot of shitty managers i just don't trust managers there's no reason to trust them and i was like honestly i bet we're all fucking fired and then one girl silver was like don't say that and i was like yeah okay and then on sunday we got a group text in our little um employee act in our little employee app from the owner telling us that Cheetahs was shutting down for two weeks for remodeling. That part was true and it reopened. It was reopening with new management. Mm -hmm. And the way he phrased it was, you can discuss potential employment opportunities with the new management when the time comes. So he couldn't even really like, so say to us, we're all fired and people kept asking him like, are we fired? And he was like, I mean, you can come back. I love that he's like, there's potential employment opportunities. So everyone was panicking so he was like starting tuesday not next two days start not next tuesday starting that tuesday that would be the last day to work come pick up your checks we're closed on wednesday that's it you're done God. and so everyone was like okay everyone started uh panicking everyone was freaking out people were getting mad in the group chat there was a lot of despair but that's yeah, basically I mean, it's like you all suddenly lost your jobs like you had an expectation to like you're going to be able to show up. And and it's like, they also didn't compensate you for those two weeks of, you know, unpaid vacation. Of like missed time. So it was just, exactly. And it wasn't, it was like just after, I think like the start of the month too. So everyone had like just paid Paid rent. rent. So everyone was in that time of dancing where you pay rent. And then the second week you're like time to make all my money for the next month. So everyone was like getting into that. So it was just really, it was really depressing. I happened just as the news had come out, a friend of mine had texted me like an hour before the group text. And she was like, Hey, I just got a hotel room in Vegas. Do you want to go with me? And I was like, sure. Uh, she also worked at cheetahs. And then after the news (laughs) came out, she texted me back and she was like, was that fucking psychic or what? And I was like, I know. 
Oh my God. So uh, did you go to Vegas? Yeah, we didn't make any money. Oh, <laughs> no. no. Did you go to the dance at Cheetahs in Vegas? No. Uh, I went to, I ended up getting hired at um, Spearmint. Okay. Oh. Oddly enough, of all clubs, everyone was like, Spearmint is the one that hired you. And I was like, I know, right? Because a lot of people were like, oh, I don't think you get hired at Spearmint. Why do you say that? But is it because it's like more con- like conventionally looks? Like, yeah. Hmm. Spearmint is or more racist. Or- no, Spearmint is just, most clubs in Vegas really want a really conventional look. A lot of them are racist, but even for the ones that hire uh, black girls, um, they want, like a very conventional polished type of black girl and <laughs> because this isn't a visual medium i'm very alternative and i'm very alternative yeah, looking for, and that has for people who can't see um teddy has purple curly short hair and has a little cheek piercing and uh middle of the lip piercing what is that one called a medusa it's called a medusa or a philtrum Med- oh medusa oh. philtrum mm-hmm. yeah you've got a bunch of tattoos they're mm-hmm. very cute are you an aries i am Okay. Oh, thank you. Most people, most people go as that V for Virgo, and I'm like, it's the what? Aries symbol. No, that's thank the you. Aries symbol. Thank you. <laughs> but and at the time, by the way, after I got out of um, Spearmint Rhino, I got tired of two piercings when I took them out, so I had two more when I went there, and so that has always added another layer. Mm-hmm. in like me getting hired is like not only have to be like does this club hire black girls it's like does this club hire alternative girls and i have to ask does this club hire both mm-hmm. and so i was like going to different clubs in vegas and it was just because i wasn't expecting to go to vegas i wasn't like researching yeah mm-hmm. and i didn't i hadn't like toned it down which i would have if i'd expected it but i didn't see it coming what and did you wear I was wearing like all black. It's just, I had like long blue hair at the time. Uh-huh. So everyone was like not into it. And then uh. I got hired at Spearmint and I said to the manager, wow, I'm surprised. And he said, honestly, our only rules, you can't wear face piercings, like facial piercings on the floor. He was like crazy hair, tattoos. We don't give a fuck. We don't care about your body. And I was like gross. But at the same time, that is the like most liberating thing That's I've ever heard so in dancing fair, because enough. they were like straight enough we don't look at that and what was funny was i got hired by one manager and then i came back another night because i had to get like my paperwork uh-huh. and then i came back and the general manager was there and he looked like really puzzled because i'd come in for some yeah. regular clothes and he was like do you work here and i was like yes i brought all my stuff i was like i can mm-hmm. prove i got hired here's my hiring card mm-hmm. and he was like uh can you redo your audition and the audition experiments put on your bikini walk to the door and walk back and he was like can you just just redo it just for me just so i could see it and then i walked to the door and i walked back and he went oh okay and then he got quiet and then he went you look really different in street clothes <laughs> and i was like don't know what that means yeah, <laughs> sir, I but know. i'm gonna I'm take really it sure. as a weird sideways compliment and it was a compliment because later in the night i was having a slow night and he was like don't worry about it everyone's first night is rough but you have a great body though you'll do great and i was like okay so you weren't being weird about That's it so interesting <laughs> okay. i was like thanks i don't know how you feel about me um but. thank you okay but <laughs> that was the that was the dish at cheetahs and it sucked i really liked she does a lot. Yeah, I had a lot yeah. of fun there. I had, um, okay. So I like booped around different clubs mm-hmm. and I feel, yeah, I'm just like bounced around. And I feel mm-hmm. the way I came up through LA clubs was really funny because it was really linear in a way I didn't intend it to be. Cause I started mm-hmm. in new clubs and then for a year and a half, I worked at a topless bar mm-hmm. called Star Garden. And yeah. then I went to Cheetahs, which was bikini. So I got more dressed as my stripping career went on. I stripped less. Uh-huh. And so I had, I'd gone to Star Garden because I was really over 
deja vu. I was just, I was getting really burnt out, which happens if you work in a hustle club for a really long time. It yeah. is really emotionally tiring. It's a lot. And I was just getting really burnt out. I was over it. And the friend of mine who I'd started dancing with, we had a spectacular blowout. Oh, God. like six months after this, which no, I saw coming. Every girl I met was like, you should never start dancing with another girl. And they were like, one of you is going to be dancing in two years. One of you isn't. And you're not going to be talking to each other. And I was like, that's not true. It's true. Um, wow. I'm the one still dancing. I though, haven't so had I that experience though. Like I've been, I've like danced with my friends and stuff and we haven't had any blowouts. They were saying starting with somebody like oh. entering the world with someone oh. apparently is a, it's, huh. a, it's just a no, no, it's a taboo. Interesting. But, uh, so we hadn't had like our blowout. We had like a mini blowout where I kicked her out of deja vu. Ooh. And what I said was, I can't work in the same club with you because oh. you get really destructive when we work together. And I was like, honestly, it's making our living situation bad and I don't want to deal with it. And I was like, for our friendship, I'm gonna draw this boundary. I need you to leave. Oh, and wow. so- Did they have more kind of freedom in how they could move around? Like- she was a white girl with like a kind of fat ass. Oh, okay. okay. Well, yeah, yeah then she okay. was fine. <laughs> yeah. So she went to this little uh, dive bar in the valley called Star Garden. And then when I turned 21, cause you'd be 21 to work at uh, Topless and- above less naked clubs yeah yeah she was like hey if you're burnt out come out here i'm way more chill now and i'm making more money and i was like i don't know and she was like it's stage and i was like i'm there i'm <laughs> in it so i went i auditioned and it was i feel like that club made me into the dancer i was it's not to say i was bad because i like my stage set and i wanted to focus on it but it wasn't my main focus at deja vu yeah. i was going on stage like at most two times a night really i was yeah. working in lap dances uh -huh. but star garden was such a stage club and every girl there was such a stage girl that oh, i was like my God. fuck it i gotta i gotta get That's my so shit fun. together so i worked a ton of day shifts there just so i could have like time to practice and <laughs> be yeah. like before i came out in the night scene i was like i gotta i gotta measure up to all these girls they're so good Aww. they're so good they're some of the best dancers i've ever seen were wow. the girls i've seen at star garden they were incredible there's this one girl named mercedes and when i started the friend i started with at the time her dance name was sage she pulled me aside and she was like hey have you seen mercedes and i was like no and she was like you have to and like she sat me down on a chair Aww. and we watched her and that I've seen a lot of girls where I was like, you were incredible. Mercedes was like, I can't even describe it. She had been dancing for, I think, 15 years. And Ugh. you can tell she was the smoothest girl I've ever seen. And everything uh. was so deliberate. And she did a lot of like really cool pole tricks. But she had like a really like a fluidity and like a gracefulness oh, about I her. I love that. And I was like, I want to be that. Like when I saw her, I was like, God, I want to be that. And the thing I want to work on most of all is being uh, really graceful i think i've i've kind of succeeded at that yeah. a little bit but um so i was at star garden and it was a lot of fun and it was where i got into working at a stage club and the money there at the time it was so small and so divey that we had like a really devoted clientele oh, and also a mm -hmm. lot of people would randomly find out about it and come in so for being such a small like backwards club we actually made like okay my ceilings were lower than at deja vu but my money was more consistent okay mm. like at deja vu it could be like oh i made 100 oh i made 500 oh i made 100 there yeah. it was 250 to 300 easy on weeknights okay wow. like 300 to 400 easy on weekends and that was day after day after day mm -hmm. uh a lot of the big tattoos i have i got in the first six months of working at star garden because <laughs> it was the first time i had money like that and i was just shelling out deposits on tattoos just yeah. 700 800 we're getting another one we're getting big ones yeah. um and so 
it was popping we were so i feel like that club is really close to what a portland club would be because we were so spoiled also like you couldn't talk to a girl until the second stage set because we would come out we would do our first stage set of the night Mm -hmm. when all the night girls came we'd make our money and then we'd all pool it and order food and sit in the back and eat and then we would be like you don't even get to talk to us until like an hour after we open and then we'll come out and then we'll talk to you (laughs) maybe no one i never asked anyone for a dance people asked me because i became the customer of the club we never hustled people would ask you and be like can i please can i please get a dance with you and that was the only club where i had to have like a line and then i would literally be like yeah you but this guy wants one and then this guy asked me and then another guy asked me so i'll come see you in like another 40 minutes and then we'll roll back around or i'd be Mm -hmm. like just give me the 20 dollars. i don't even want to do this dance so it was a really fun time and it was such a small club every girl there was really chill we had a lot of fun together and then it just stopped being like that uh, it was a combination of things um our manager was like an ex-dancer and she kind of honestly i think it was some kind of episode but she just kind of lost it and so a lot of girls quit just because they hated her Ugh. and so she like moved a lot of girls out there was construction all down lancashire so there was like no parking and the parking lot was so small no one could fit so people stopped coming just because there was nowhere to park oh, and no way that. to like feasibly get to the club in a way that was easy just like logistically it fucks you over yeah mm. and then a regular got hit by a car in oh front of god. the club yeah, and died holy <laughs> shit yeah that oh my god I I was I was supposed uh. to work that night and I called out. I was just like, I'm not about it. And then the next day I came in and everyone was like, mm. and I was like, what's going on? There's a car being towed out the back. Why is everyone depressed? And everyone was like, oh, Apollo got hit by a car oh in front God. of the club last night. And I was wow. like, oh, and then technically one of the bouncers was kind of responsible for it. So we had to fire oh. him. They were fighting and he had pushed him. And at the same time, a car down the street had sped off. It was, it was wild. And I think having someone get killed in front of the club also really didn't make people want to come in. That can be demoralizing. So it got slow. And then at the same time, also God star garden went downhill so quickly. It makes me so depressed because I went from making so much money to being like snap, but that's the nature of this industry. Yeah. But, um, Mm -hmm. It's like some of these places, they just like burn out real quick. Yeah. And so then the owner also bought Club Burlesque, which was also in North Hollywood. Mm -hmm. But at the time, Club Burlesque had a really bad reputation. And instead of working to rebuild it, they just uh, bullied girls from Star Garden into working there. And so they had this thing where you couldn't get scheduled at Star Garden unless first it was one day at Burlesque and it was two days at Burlesque. And then they wouldn't compensate you if you didn't make any money at Burlesque because no one went there because no one wanted to go there. They <sighs> would Sometimes they would schedule you for both in the same night and then you'd what? be late to your Star Garden shift and they give you the late fee, but you're like, I'm late because I just came from your other club. Yeah, I think that's, that's unfair. such bullshit. So it just got like, and then I watched all the girls. I started with the girls that had nurtured me through my strip revolution. Uh-huh. And just started quitting just one by one one girl oh who ended up working at cheetahs later on Susie b the last time i saw her she went i think i'm gonna go to jumbos and then i did not see yeah. her after that for like a year and a half because wow. she just she just fucked off and went to jumbos uh-huh. and so star garden was going downhill and i knew it and i stuck it out longer than i should have but mm-hmm. part of the reason i stuck it out was because they had to hire a whole bunch of new girls so then i became the only girl that could dance uh. so if there was money to make i was making it because people were like oh fuck a girl that was like doing oh, the stuff we're dance. used to yeah. from start because people would come in expecting to see like the shows the tricks the 
the stunts the we would do. And stunts, yeah. yeah, Susie B would do this thing where she would wear four bras and then slowly remove them. So each time <laughs> guys thought she was about to get topless, there was another bra. Uh, like so, so, like girls who did stuff like that, guys were like, "Oh, okay, like this that's is like so old Star funny. Garden." That's so that's campy. So she was so much fun, and so I was making the money that was to be made there. And then even did then she I was have like, like all the bras the same size? I know I'm like this is like they, it was like it was like yeah. one big bra and then like a smaller like half cut bra and then a couple mm. even smaller ones. And then sometimes pasties, I thought was even funnier because oh, we shouldn't have been wearing pasties, <laughs> like, but she's doing it anyway. Uh, but she would also wear a balaclava and dance the eyes without a face. That was my favorite <laughs> thing about her. But um, so it just got bad. So first I went to Jumbos and I didn't know that the lady who owns Jumbos is a racist. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> I had a couple of girls that went there and they were writing really hard for me to get hired. Like they were talking to her about me. They were really trying to get me in. And then it just didn't work out. She didn't want to hire me. At one point there was this black girl there who, cause they only hire two at a time. Mm -hmm. Keep that. They only have two black girls on staff. Anytime at jumbos, I always say they have a black girl quota. It's true. So I she, believe it. I believe it. She of used course. to work at star garden and then she went to jumbos and the lady who owned jumbos didn't know we knew each other. And so when I auditioned, she tried to say that like we looked alike. Like she was like, oh, you look just like her. And she tried to turn to her and be like, this girl was your twin is trying to work there. And she was like, no, I know her. We don't look alike at all. Yeah. And so then the owner apparently like started backpedaling. and was like, I mean, just like, you know, like your vibes. And she was like, no, like no, we know each other. I know vibes this girl. look alike, no. And so I was just like, oh, I don't know where to go. I just really don't want to be at Star Garden anymore, but I don't want to go back to a nude club and I want to go somewhere that's stage oriented. Well, okay. so then, then after that, you ended up at Cheetah? Yeah. I don't even remember who told me about cheetahs or how I found out about it. I think I like Googled it. And then there was this girl. I don't know. I'm not going to talk about her because I'm going to see her in real life. But there was this girl I knew that worked there. <laughs> so I ended up going and I auditioned. And at first I was kind of, I was kind of eh about it. Cause uh -huh. Nick and Bobby were like really weird when I first got hired. Bobby liked me, but Nick was really weird with me when I mm. first came to Cheetahs. That's and usually the opposite. Weird. I know. And it was like slow the first couple of times. And I was like, I'm not feeling it. And then I worked my first Saturday night and I saw you, I saw Zelda, I saw Honey, now I saw Aeon and I saw Roxy. Cute. And I went, oh fuck yeah, I'm gonna oh, work the here. the dream team. Those oh, were, yeah. they were the fucking dream team. It was all, everyone was quote unquote, alternative yeah. um and everyone was doing like really sick state stuff and everyone was getting a tip for it and then i was like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna figure out the static pole i'll overcome and <laughs> this did. gap in my server education and then i did and i settled in at cheetahs and then i became some i don't know when it happened but then i became one of the girls and i didn't realize it until one girl went oh i hate going after you and i was like <gasps> Oh, I a girl you don't want to go after? I That's the that. biggest compliment. And when a girl compliment. doesn't want to go after you, you're like, oh, you shouldn't. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, we have to take a quick commercial break. Picture this. You picturing me. You have an image in your head of what I look like, don't you? Picture me picturing you. What do you see me seeing? Now imagine me imagining you, imagining me imagining you. Whoa there. And that's the meta realm. It's a meme referencing a meme referencing reality that is also a meme. What's a meme aside from understood cultural humor? What's cultural humor aside from a series of jokes about societal commonalities collected over the span of generations? What's a generation other than a group of people selected because they were born within an arbitrary set of dates? If you don't get it, 
Then picture me, picturing you not getting the point of this. What do I look like? When will it get through your thick head what I've been saying all along? Oh my god. Okay, guys, where can we find you online? Uh, okay, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Instagram only. At, hang on, because I sent you the wrong username the first time, so I don't even know my own dance Instagram. It that's is my butt. Oh no, oh. <laughs> <laughs> my dance one. That's my that's my civilian one. You can go to that if you don't say anything. But my dance one is Teddy B dot Ruxpin because that's my whole dance name. Teddy B Ruxpin. The B stands for bear. Excellent. Why That's didn't you joke. tell me that? So when I posted on stuff, I would know which one. I post. saw that and I was just like, oh no. <laughs> well, you need to tell me. You can't. You can't expect people to know. Yeah. Well, now we sorry. know. I'm Inside. Sorry. Uh, Malice, what about you? I am just always official Malice McMunn on Instagram. The only reason it ever changes is because I get kicked off pretty frequently for absolutely nothing. Um, I have haters that never ever stop. They never um, stop. And it's spelled. O F I C what? It's cutting out. Uh, o F F I C I A L M A L I C E M C M U N N. Yes, and so uh, that will all be in the bio. Yeah, there's oh, there's also Malice six 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 McMunn on Twitter, which links to my OnlyFans. Hi. Ooh, <laughs> love it. Clover, what? I said buy her nudes. Yes, please. <laughs> Clover, what about you? Where can we find you? Um, little underscore four leaf. The four is a digit. A digit? On Instagram. On the gram. Only. Uh, I am Selena the Stripper. You can follow me on Instagram at Pretty Boy Girl. You can support my Patreon at The Real Pretty Boy Girl. And the Patreon supports this project. It helps me to afford studio costs. And I would love your help supporting this project. Uh, you can email us at hoeinthenow at gmail.com. We, you can also follow this podcast, Ho in the Know, at Ho in the Know on Instagram. So this has been another episode of Ho in the Know. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. More money, I want your money. I want more money. 